And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. This is what it's all about. We do daily podcasts for like two and a half weeks during training camp. We got all kinds of time for guests and nonsense. I will open up a two hour block. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Monday afternoon, one o'clock. The start of daily pods this week as we prepare for the NFC Championship game between the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Bo, Zach, and Marissa, who has once again put together a dynamite drop with a brand new song. Marissa, how are you? I am great. I'm excited for the week. We have like a schedule in place. This feels great. We have some guests lined up. It's going to be a good week. I have a good feeling. We are looking forward to it. Zach, what's going on with you? What is the uh, time allotment that we have in your calendar for today? We have Nick Sirianni at 2.45, so that is our hard out. So there's an hour and 40-minute block here if we need it. But excited for the week, NFC Championship game week. Excited for these podcasts that we have. As Marissa said, I like that we have a schedule. I like that we have guests. There's, it's going to be a fun week for on Birds with Friends. It's going to be a fun week on The Athletic. And look forward to engaging with the audience throughout that time. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Today's show, we're going to just do some some initial thoughts on the matchup, get into uh, some of the specifics of what the Niners bring to the table on both sides of the ball. But uh, watching the game yesterday, uh, both of you guys, how hard did you laugh at the final play of the game by the Dallas Cowboys? And uh, Marissa, does Michael think that Zeke has a, a future as an offensive lineman? Michael, we rewinded it like four times. Um, and because he just ha- he could not believe like where everybody was lined up. And he hopes that every center got some appreciation after they saw what happened to Zeke there. So, yeah, he was he was fascinated by that last play. So like everybody was. But and also like just how how like hard the receiver got tackled too. like it was like yeah. the, the play was just demolished on two counts it's really one of the funniest plays i've ever seen i would love to know like how it was designed like what what was the goal there like i don't know right was it supposed to be zeke going to get the ball and if that's the case why does he need to be the one to snap it why can't he just like why couldn't there be a center and a guard and he could be the guard like right but he can't touch the ball again correct well once someone else catches it they would once someone else catches it right yeah yes yes Yes. at first michael thought it was going to be a fake because um, he thought they were going to line up like that and move, but he's like, well, once Zeke touches the ball at center, he's got to snap the ball. I didn't know that was the rule. Okay. That's so, good. That's a good one to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty fascinated by that. I don't know. I would love to know who drew that one up, but yeah, yeah it really I, didn't work. <laughs> I applaud creativity in, in like, I, I think there's, there's always more than one way to do something, but seeing what the result was on the play. I'm yeah. with Marissa. I, I I'd be fascinated to know what the intent was, and I I, I do think with end of game plays you can do some create. Uh, I, I guess you can do some creative things. You you don't necessarily need all the linemen out there, right? There are are you can get speed on the field in in different ways because, like Bo mentioned, there can be laterals and and things of that nature. And I thought perhaps. Zeke Elliott would be involved in the play almost like in basketball where they say, watch out for the inbounder, right? You know, the inbounder, he inbounds the ball and then people lose track of him. But nonetheless, I, seeing the way it materialized, I have a hard time getting behind 
that play, and it turned out to be fairly laughable. So there's such a funny, like very, uh, like a like a half second of pause from the defender who like he waits one second after like like half a second as the ball is snapped. He's like, is he gonna stay? Can I just run him <laughs> over? And then yeah. he just full speed runs him over. It was really as good as it gets. I'm yeah. curious what D'Amico said during the timeout, right? D'Amico calls the timeout, mm. and it did bring to mind the Colts fake punt, right, against the Patriots right. that just blew up horribly. So it was similar to that. Which wasn't supposed to be snapped, right? I believe so, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what the, Michael thought. Like, when they lined up like that, he didn't think that they were going to snap the ball like that. He thought they were just trying to, you know, do something funny and then there would be a timeout and they would go back into a normal formation so i'm hoping there's a chance this gets me that super point if, uh, i don't if, know if mike mccarthy gets fired now dennis did rule on the super front that uh yeah the we, gotta, we gotta touch on this the early first downs uh zach hit uh because touchdowns do count so that's good to know so we're zach and i are tied which would mean next week is worth seven points Cute. unless mike mccarthy gets fired before sunday Pretty big stuff. Big matchup, just like what's going on uh, with the actual Eagles. Yes, what's um, going on with the actual Eagles. So, Zach, what were your initial thoughts uh, once it once it turned to be the Niners? I, I think I think it's kind of nice that this has been the matchup we were all sort of expecting once the Niners got on their roll, um, and now it's here. And I just there's so much more juice to this than than last week because now we're gonna find out, like, okay. This is it. Eagles are are they as good as we think they can be? As as they think they are. Uh, this is a, a matchup with so many interesting layers on both sides of the ball in terms of style of play, in terms of like stars on the field. It's just I, I'm just very I'm very geeked about this matchup. Yeah, I I think you said it well there. First off, the Niners now they're in the NFC Championship game three out of four years. I think that speaks to the strength of this roster, the strength of this coaching staff. This is a really talented team. And the obviously the 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 record says that as well, but they're a team that plays well in the postseason. We have seen that. Obviously they're doing it with a rookie quarterback this year and a, a thought exercise that I've I've really tried to apply as I was thinking about this game last night and this morning was if if I did not know anything about Brock Purdy's history, right? If you didn't know someone's draft pedigree, if you didn't know their background, if you simply looked at the way they're playing, would I think about the 49ers differently? Uh, because I, I do think that even if, if Brock Purdy was like the, if he was drafted where Trey Lance was drafted, if they made that trade and for Brock Purdy, let's say, do I view the 49ers differently? Was because I said on this pod, and I've said elsewhere, and I said to you in conversation, that I thought the Cowboys could be a tougher matchup because of the advantage they have a quarterback, number one. And then I also thought the fact that they have played the Eagles, there's less of an element of surprise schematically. They've been to Philly. The, the environment wouldn't be be too big for them, right? They're, I mean, it enlarges on this stage, but the Cowboys know what it's like in a big game in Philly. This is all new for the 49ers. But the obviously Dak Prescott is not as uh, he's certainly not as consistent and perhaps not as good as I'm giving him credit for number one. And then Brock Purdy, even if Kyle Shanahan's coaching around him, Kyle Shanahan has experience coaching around his quarterback. He is such a good play caller and they have such a talented roster, both sides of the ball. The Christian McCaffrey trade changed so much. I've, I've been bullish on, on McCaffrey ever since the 2017 draft. I thought the Eagles uh, were going to take him if he was on the board. We've all seen what he's done. And then he's given a 49ers team that already has Debo Samuel as a weapon, already has George Kittle as a weapon. Brandon Ayuk now steps up. Elijah Mitchell, who's who's one of Bo's uh, draft crushes, playing really well. And then, I mean, we can spend an hour talking about that defense and uh, what D'Amico Ryans has done with that defense. Just an outstanding roster, really tough game for the Eagles. And the last thing I'll, I'll say in this soliloquy here is that the some of the areas where you say, all right, where are the Eagles weak? The 49ers can potentially exploit. If you look at the Eagles defense in particular, 
if I if if a if an opposing coach called me up and said, How would you challenge this Eagles defense? I would say passing the ball in the middle of the field, which the 49ers do exceptionally well, okay, and then running the ball, which the 49ers do exceptionally well. And some of the areas, you know, where they might not challenge teams as much, let's say the vertical passing game, let's say uh, you know, stretching the field on the perimeter um, where the Eagles have such good corners. That's not necessarily what Brock Forte and the 49ers Forte is. So it's a, it's going to be a fascinating game stylistically as well. Fascinating stylistically um, for all the reasons you just said. And we can, I think we can dive a little bit deeper into that uh, based on the matchup, but I, I think you're right about it's hard to um, like, divorce Purdy's being a rookie seventh round pick from how we feel about this team. But if you're just talking about like the, the road that the Eagles have to the Super Bowl, uh, the path that they have drawn, getting a chance to have two home games, one against a mediocre team and one against a very good team, but with a quarterback as limited as Brock Purdy is as good as he has played. And we saw him, you know, he did not play a great game yesterday against the Cowboys. This is a pretty golden opportunity for the Eagles. It's, it's a, this game is still a toss-up. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites right now. I think it opened at some places at one-and-a-half, opened some at two, and it has already moved just a little bit in the Eagles' direction. But this is a pretty uh, glaring, exciting opportunity for the Eagles to, to make the Super Bowl. And, and that's that's what they fought for, right? So, Yes. And the home field advantage is critical here too, right? Because as you said, you, you can't divorce the, you know, the, the, the context here. I imagine as unflappable as Brock Purdy might be a rookie quarterback on the road in Philly in the playoffs in any situation is, is uh, almost a welcoming opportunity, right? You, you know, if you're, if you're going up against Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, someone who has been on, on that stage so many times, Brock Purdy, and this is no disrespect to Iowa State, Iowa, Kinnick Stadium or something, that probably has never played in an atmosphere like what he'll experience on Sunday in Philadelphia. Well, that's exactly right. And why don't we well, – let's let's focus on the Niners' offense against the Eagles' defense uh, in the first half of the show, and then after the break we can flip sides of the ball. But I think if we're going to poke some holes at, at what Purdy has done, um, and, you know, obviously this is coming from a, a great place of respect since you and I invented him in the pre-draft process, and it is it is thanks to us that he has blossomed. We planted those seeds, and boy, has he sprouted. Well, perhaps um, if the Eagles listened to us, they they they, they would have traded a seventh round pick to draft him, right? That's right. Well, I mean, he's no Grant Calcaterra. Um, the games that he has, so you know, this this twelve game winning streak that the Niners are on, super impressive, um, and he has been very good. But two things that he has not faced much of in that in this winning streak, one is hostile environments, as you talked about, Zach. His road games have been at Arizona. At Seattle, okay. At Las Vegas, and that's it. He's played three road games, um, and only one of them. I mean, Seattle is it's not quite Philadelphia, but that's that's a little something. Um, and he played well in that game. But I think you're right. That is a bit of uh, of a different dynamic that he will face. The other thing is, they they have not really played good defenses until yesterday. Um, so the, the this 12 game winning streak that they're on. They played three defenses who were top half of the league, starting including including Dallas. Um, they played New Orleans, in which case they put up 13 points. They played Washington, who they crushed. Uh, now Washington's defense blew up at the end of the season, but they were ninth in DVOA. Uh, they scored 37 points. That's impressive. And then Dallas, they scored what they scored yesterday. So um, it's it's going to be different for them. I think my big my biggest concern. In this matchup for the Eagles' defense, as you talked about, Zach, uh, you know this is not a this is not a game where you can just rely on Darius Slay and James Bradbury to shut down things on the outside. The passing is going to be over the middle. Uh, the Niners threw the ball outside the numbers, the second least often of any team in the league. Uh, my biggest concern, if you look at where the Eagles, you know, line up in terms of DVOA against receivers, is probably Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. 
the Eagles, it's one of the places, you know, they've got the number one pass defense DVOA in the league, but they are number, let me see if I have it here, I think 24th um, against opposing running backs. And so, like McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, how are they going to handle that? And the Eagles linebackers are good, but not, I mean, it's not the Niners linebackers. They invest differently. It, they they don't invest heavily in that position. And, and so you're going to have strain on TJ Edwards and strain on Kaiser White. And if if the Eagles are a nickel and you your, your safeties are Reed Blankenship and Marcus Epps, on the, unless Maddox returns, you're going to have strain on those safeties as well. And that's where... All of them have have played decently to well this year, right? But th- those aren't the the frontline players for the Eagles, and that I, I agree that is a concern, and that is, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a, a wide receiver for all intents and purposes. He he has RB next to him, but when when with the way he catches the ball, um, he is if if he had WR next to him, you would think he's a really high level wide receiver. He's that good of a player. Just to, to sort of run it down, uh, Niners offense, sixth overall in DVOA over the course of the season, third in passing, 13th in running. I think that might be a bit of a surprise to people from the outside that they were tilted better in terms of on a per play basis, their passing performance and their running performance. Eagles defense, sixth overall, first in passing, 21st against the run. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what Jonathan Gannon does from a game planning perspective, how much he's worried about stopping the run versus uh, focusing his resources on stopping the passing game in the middle of the field. Um, This Niners team plays 21 personnel as often as any team in the league. I think they they had the second most plays in the league. The Eagles did not see much 21 personnel this season. Um, They saw the 30th amount in the league. I would imagine we're going to see the Eagles stick in like their base 5-2 or or, or go 5-1-5 and still keep three or, or you know three corners on the field but i'm not so sure i, I don't know i'm I, this is like a, a challenge that has not been presented to jonathan gannon this year really um it's curious they've and now they have performed well against 12 personnel the eagles um over the course of the season and it's probably a similar type problem but i don't know i'm just like the, the matchups here are fascinating do you do you think that we will get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the slot again if Avante Maddox is not back because I do have in the back of my mind, you know, Reed Blankenship has played really well. I thought he played really well in that game the other night too, but I have that that Christian Watson play in my mind, you know, where he just runs away from him in the open field. And that's mm-hmm. like, if if you get a, an opportunity with Debo Samuel running with, a, with the ball in his hands and he's got Reed Blankenship to beat, uh-oh. I wonder if, if, if the Eagles do things that they haven't done before, right? Yeah. I, I mean, almost like a spy. If, if if they use CJ, almost like a spy on McCaffrey or something of that nature. I, I mean, when I, I don't think it's hyperbole to describe McCaffrey the way I did. In these, if you take out uh, a 2020 and 2021, which I know you can't do, but he only played 10 games and uncombined in those two years. This year, he had 85 catches, 741 yards total. 2019, 116 catches, over 1,000 yards. 2018, 107 catches, 867 yards. 2017, 80 catches, 651 yards. Um, his The amount of touches he, he gets through the air makes him more than just, all right, stop him in the running game, and he's really good in the running game as well. So no that's what – <laughs> That's what I'm, um, I'm, I'm curious to see. There's something else I, I would add here too when you look at the efficiency of the offense. And this is a credit to Mike Sando from The Athletic. He had a good piece today kind of breaking down these, these games. And this number jumped out to me. Okay, the, Since Purdy took over in, in week 13, the, the 49ers have started 22 drives in opponent territory. Okay, Next on that list is Jacksonville with 13. And then Philadelphia with 12. So their defense really plays into it. The 49ers average starting field position is their, with Purdy that is, is their own 36.7 yard line. Um, And that's 3.2 yards better than the next best team and 7.7 yards better than the league average. Uh, So Purdy really isn't put in in some of these um, 
uncomfortable backed up situations, doesn't have to have these, these, you know, really long drives. So it's, it's complimentary football in, in, in that regard, but I'm, I'm curious to see what the Eagles defense does there or how Nick Sirianni approaches the game in that regard. Don't you just get the sense whether it's true or not that he's going to, he's going to give him a chance to pick some balls off. There were a couple yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, where that were dropped. And I feel like now, now, you know, this is a good offensive line. It's not a great offensive line. Um, I think Hassan Reddick against Mike McGlinchey, your boy, uh, is an, is a potential opportunity. I think they've, mm-hmm. they've got some chances um, in the interior. You know, Trent Williams is is really good, but we've seen him been had before. You know, Derek Barnett took him down and on Sunday Night Football. We all remember that. What are we going to say? Michael's a big Trent Williams fan, so I mean, he's we'll really good. His breakdown later in the week. Yeah. Um, I just I think they can get I think they can get pressure. Um, I mean, they've got the most sacks in the league, right? They should be able to get pressure, but I think uh, I think they got a chance to to affect Purdy. Yes, although I I really think and I'm happy you pointed out that that the Niners are better uh, passing the ball DVOA wise than running the ball, but I really think they're going to lean in, into their running game and I think they're going to try to exploit the Eagles that way. And certainly, it's it's an obvious statement to say the Eagles are are dangerous when they're playing with a lead, but I think they're especially dangerous in this game if they're playing with a lead. And then you ha- you send your pass rushers after Purdy. If if the 49ers are not playing behind in the score and they're not playing behind the sticks and, and, and they can run the ball, uh, and then they're so dangerous in the play action. Like it's it's cliche to say sometimes how how, how Kyle Shanahan's offenses are so good with play action and his disciples or his former assistants bring that. But it is true that when you watch some of the the ways that Purdy gets open and anecdote you know yesterday in that game the play action so effective and anecdotally if we go back to Miami during training camp and even Cleveland during training camp and Stefanski even though he's not from that tree runs a Shanahan-esque offense uh I remember talking to players about how they they're not used to seeing that type of play action in these practice situations and they were letting up some plays out of play action. Uh, so this is a different type of offense. Um, I'm really curious to see how that manifests itself on Sunday. Uh, the Eagles defense against wide receiver types, according to football outsiders by DVOA, uh, number two in the league against number one receivers, number four in the league against number two receivers. That makes sense given Slay and Bradbury. Uh, 22nd in the league against other Sixth against tight ends, good news mm-hmm. against Kittle, and then 24th, as we said before, um, against running backs. I think this is big. Um, I think Linval Joseph's going to play a bunch of snaps in this game. You know, you saw that that Jordan Davis played actually more snaps than him last week, but I think that was it was tilted by the second half uh, late in the game, and then there they just weren't in that many early down situations in the first half uh, because the Giants kept going three and out. Um, I don't know. It's just I'm 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 interested. What do you remember, Zach, about about the the game in Philadelphia in Week Two last year? What do I remember? I remember that the Eagles were 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 coming off that Week One win, and I remember that they did not play especially well against the 49ers. It was Jimmy G, uh, and I don't recall it being a particularly good Jalen Hurts performance, if memory serves. One of the longest completions in NFL history that didn't go for a touchdown. The Quez Watkins one down the right sideline. Yes, remember yes. that one. Yeah, um, I, I, I just want to interject here. We can get back to that game, but I, I, I do want to. I don't want to say throw cold water on the idea, uh, but the Eagles really haven't faced some of the top tight ends in the league this year, right? So, so, yeah. so Kittle's going to present a different challenge. They faced Hawkinson in Week One, and Hawkinson's a good player. And you but wouldn't, than, it would, it wouldn't pass the eye test really to think that they would be that good against tight ends given yeah. what they have at linebacker and safety. Yeah. Um, but if, if he just looked Travis Kelsey, they didn't face Mark Andrews. They didn't face obviously Kittle. They haven't faced, um, they did face Pat Fryermuth. He's had production this year. Uh, but otherwise you, you look at like the top tight ends in the league. They haven't really seen them this year. Evan Ingram had a lot of production, 
Um, the Eagles faced him. Um, but it's it, it, it hasn't been, you know, your top tight ends that they've seen. So I am curious to see how they are against Kittle. And it's it was I, – I remember in 2020, Kittle had that game against the Eagles um, during the pandemic season. And I, re- I recall him playing real well that game. Last year, I don't think he had a big game here. I'm pulling up the 2020 stats now. Yeah, he had 15 catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. Different defensive scheme. This was 2020 in San Francisco. Jim Schwartz is the coordinator. Different linebackers, different scheme, right? Um, so not apples for apples. But Kittle had a huge game against this defense then. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I just want to add add that in. But we can't talk about last year's game. It's if you would like it. It was a bad game offensively for the Eagles. And I remember Bosa, I think, had an impressive game because he was his like second game back from the torn ACL. Mm. Um, I, I I have in the back of my mind, you know, Nick Sirianni talking about last week that his message to the team was about, you know, we do what we do. Um, let's not worry about them. Like let's let's focus on what we do best. And I'm I just I'm I'm curious how that pairs with this matchup against on both sides of the ball, stuff that they haven't really seen too much of. So is like, we do what we do best sticking with what they do on defense um, against this offense. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm already like very excited about this game. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and that's, what's different than if they had faced the Cowboys, it's, I mean, this w- would be a boring podcast right now because we we know the Cowboys. Yeah. Right? The, the Eagles have seen the Cowboys. You talk about the rivalry. You talk about some of the individual matchups. But there wouldn't be much mystery in terms of how they play. It's just it's just go out there and, and may the best team win. There's a lot more intrigue here from both sides, um, from how the Niners' defense will play against the Eagles, right? I mean, the, the Niners' defense has, has been the best defense in the NFL this year. But even if if you look at the teams that they have faced, they haven't really seen a quarterback who can challenge. We'll them get to that side the of the ball. We already talked about that. That's after Sorry the break. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Um, so so yeah. So I, I I think that this is this is one where I'm um, I'm I'm real interested to see what what Gannon does. And Sirianni was very outspoken about Jonathan Gannon after the game was very outspoken about Jonathan Gannon on the radio this morning. Um, he's going up against. Did you give her his talking points? I did not give him those, those talking points, but yeah. I mean, they were stats. They, you know, mm. stats don't lie, right? What's that? Uh, men lie, women lie, stats don't. Isn't that the expression? Stats lie all the time. <laughs> or <laughs> except when you're using them, right? Okay. No, yes, I, can use them, I can use them to lie. <laughs> Zach, was I too, was I too hard on you the other night? People, there was a lot of comments about how how I was very harsh. I don't even remember most of it. Uh, We're gonna have look, a peaceful week of podcast yeah, this week. Yeah, but well, I I I well, do no. have a I do have a Mia Culpa from that show, uh, and and this was pointed Moa. out by a Moa Culpa by Emily. I should have just said uh, thanks for listening. We love you. Like I don't know why I had to do that protracted <laughs> thing. That was ridiculous. So yeah, I'm I'm truly grateful. You've for got your audience. you've got your scruples. You've got your. <laughs> No, that's I, a good chat. Everyone knows you love them, Zach. Thank you, say. thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Emily was chatting you for that. Uh yeah, yeah. She's like, "Why didn't you just say say I love you?" And I'm like, "All right, I love." <laughs> Did you. she think I was too hard on you? <laughs> oh, we don't have to get into any of that. No, oh, she okay. thought. Yeah, no, she thought she she enjoys the podcast. She enjoys the chemistry, and. Look, I I hope people don't misinterpret any of it. This is all good fun, right? This is of course. It's yes. So it's not. Uh, we all really it, love each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fun. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be entertaining if we just kiss each other's ass the whole time. So, um, or kiss each other's butt. That's so. there. That's for the yeah. OnlyFans that we've got working on. <laughs> oh, we already have cameo. Yeah. So that means that means Emily does think that I was too hard on you. I guess I, I got to take that note. <laughs> no, no. Uh, let's focus on Eagles Niners. No, nah, she doesn't think that. She's cool. She's cool. I know she's cool. Um, all right. Uh, are you are you particularly worried about Debo? 
I mean, you should be worried about Debo whenever you play him. He's awesome. And I think he's another draft crush of yours, right? You loved him at the senior bowl. Is I loved right? him at the senior bowl, but I yeah. but I, I I did back off a little bit because he okay. was a senior without a ton of production. So I so he didn't I fit can't the take a full victory lap there. But your eye test proved it, right? You you loved him at the senior bowl, I recall. I did, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm okay. I'm trying to be fair and take my victory laps where they're deserved. But I mean, just just one of the most fun players to watch, and mm-hmm. especially in the open field. And if if you have a criticism, and I don't know if this criticism is merited or if it's part of like that narrative that goes back to the way the Eagles conduct the training camp, but that they need to be a better tackling team, right? You have to tackle, you have to tackle Debo Samuel because he can, he is a man when he's on the field. Well, and this is like the, you know, Sirianni has talked about taking umbrage to uh, the notion that they weren't a physical team before. uh, And he wants them to take pride in being a physical team. This is going to, this is certainly going to test that. Yeah. It's a very physical team that they play. Absolutely. I mean, and, and your, your corners need to tackle your safeties need to tackle your, you know, this isn't just about preventing the big play. Their big play is, is not necessarily coming 40, 40 yards over your head, right? Their big play is, is coming 10 yards to Debo Samuel and let him run the next 30. So that's, that's what I'm curious to see. Now, one thing that, that the Eagles do have in their advantage in this game is the, uh, cowardly turtling way in which Kyle Shanahan coaches and manages a game. Uh, always, always opting for field goals on fourth down, not going for it on fourth down, trying to bleed clock. Uh, I think that in a game where the raise the the um, margins might be razor thin, that is something that that could, in the end, tilt the game to the Eagles' favor. I have a hard time being too critical of Kyle Shanahan. Like I said, third NFC championship game in four years. Uh, yeah. He's how about win a big game, Kyle? Well, you have to win big games to get there. Right. I, I mean, they, they were 10 and seven last year and made the conference championship. Uh, they've won two playoff games this year. They, in 2019, they had the lead late in the Super Bowl. You know, it, they had to get there. So I, I give him, I give Kyle Shanahan a ton of credit. Well, yeah, but you can divorce Kyle Shanahan, the coach and and game planner from Kyle Shanahan, the game manager. Sure. He's, he's more conservative than I would be as a coach, but I'm saying he's doing, he's doing, he, he wins an awful lot of games and an awful lot of big games that to, to me to say the Eagles have this advantage because they're going up against Kyle Shanahan. A matter of fact, I think that uh, from a coaching perspective, Kyle Shanahan puts you at an advantage. Well, yeah, but I think uh, what my point is that come like the guts of the game, the Eagles, yeah. I think, have a game management advantage. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like this is – I heard the same criticism about Andy Reid that you love him Monday to Saturday, but you don't want him coaching you on Sunday. And I'm like, well, his team's winning awfully a lot. He's in an awfully lot of big games. He must be doing something right. Yeah, but he's okay. doing some things wrong. I think that's oh, a sure. fine thing to say. Absolutely. Fair enough. Okay. What do you think of George Kittle's just whole vibe? Does it bother you I, a little bit? No, because he's authentic. I, I now, see. That's what I disagree with. I don't, don't think, he's think that he's authentic. Yeah, I, I think, think he's. He is. Okay. I, I think, think he's playing it up. No, I think that's who he is. That's yeah. the vibe I get. Yeah, I've read stories about. Uh, you know, I mean, I've read enough stories about him coming out of Iowa, and uh, yeah, I I think that's who he is. So. Now, certainly there's there's uh there's playing for you know the camera at certain yeah, times. Yeah, I think there's I, a little bit of playing for the camera. But I think it's it's, it's, good it's authentic I mean. with the way he does it, right? I mean, like not to compare him to Jason Kelsey, but I think he 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 knows he has a a big personality that, that people enjoy and he plays into it. Jason Kelsey does the same thing, right? I think it's a little bit of a, a lesser degree. But I see your point. Or Lane Johnson, right? I mean, Lane Johnson's, he's hes cutting wrestling promos too, right? It's Lane's personality. It's George Kittle's personality. So I don't have an issue with it because I think it is authentic. Okay. Yeah. I'm not so sure I agree, but I don't i don't want to disagree too much. I don't want people complaining <laughs> okay. that I'm being too hard on you. No, trust me. I, I disagree. I'm one of six kids. You, you will never be as hard on me as my brothers are. I promise you that. <laughs> Who's the hardest on you? Probably Matt. Okay. 
because what about your sisters are they hard on you? Bo, your sisters. sisters. My no. sister is very hard on me, but she's the she's the best. My sister, so uh, she makes me better. So mm -hmm. now, why do you think it is? If we can just sort of dive into the psychology, you really don't have to. Why? Have why to. do we think that Matt is the hardest on you? We're closest the, in age. Yeah. 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 We're closest in age, so we're we're like uh, he's the one who has to run into Dana's at the coffee shop. It's <laughs> no, we're two years and four days apart, so it's it's the closest of it's the closest in age actually of all the six. That's pretty impressive that there's six and the closest is two two years and four. Yeah, we don't need to get deep into this stuff though. Let's let's focus on let's focus on the Eagles Niners. All right, why don't we take our break? Actually, we'll but, but you should answer Marissa's question. Are your sisters hard on you? Uh no, they're not very hard on me. Okay. And how about your brother? How would you yeah. take it if someone's hard on you? I I I, I feel like you're Clint? I feel like you would and I, I I don't say this in a bad way. I I feel like you'd be offended by it. No, I wouldn't be offended if someone. I, I'm I'm happy to. Are you saying that I I don't take criticism well? I'm saying you're more of a pushback on on, on criticism person, right? You're not. Well, yeah, I'm not going to. I don't think you're like an internal. If I disagree with yeah. the, so I'm more of an premise. internalizer. I'm I'm like, yeah, you're right. How like how can I improve that? Right? You're you're more like, no, you're wrong. I think if I think they're wrong, okay. but I'm I'm happy to take. I think I think criticism when it's deserved is 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 fine. I don't know that I've ever done anything wrong, but <laughs> Eagles we gonna... 49ers personality test. <laughs> we got everything on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Tell Matt, tell Matt to give me tell me what I need to do better. <laughs> you're you're an outstanding host. You're doing well. well right, let's yeah, get to break and Niners on the other side. The right. offense defense. Let's take a little break on the other side. We'll talk about the Eagles offense against D'Amico Ryans, the dashing D'Amico Ryans and his number one ranked defense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right. Back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Moving our attention now to the other side of the ball, which is somehow even more loaded. You know, on, the other, on, on what we just talked about, you had number six against number six. Here you've got the number one defense, number one in DVOA, number one in EPA per play, uh, fifth in defensive DVOA against the pass, second against the run, against the number three offense in the league by DVOA, ninth passing, number one running. And as you mentioned, Zach, I'll, I'll toss it to you now so you can say what you were going to say before. One thing that this Niners defense has not really faced is a quarterback who can run like Jalen Hurts. Yes. Just as you said, they haven't really faced a quarterback who can run like Jalen Hurts. I mean, if you look at um, the most mobile quarterbacks that they faced, uh, I mean, they, they they did face Kyler earlier in the year. Uh, and other than that, that was the Mexico City. Actually, I don't know if Kyler played that game. I don't think he did in Mexico City. 
Uh, no, he did not. So I take that back. Uh, but they faced, you know, they they faced Marcus Mariota, they faced Russell Wilson, but and then they faced Justin Fields in Week One in a, in a really monsoon, weird game. And exactly. They, they hadn't changed their offense yet. Yeah. Yeah. So in an atypical in an atypical game. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how they face this defense here, um, or how they face this offense, how they approach it defensively. Uh, you did that tease before the break, by the way, and. I've said this story on the pod before, but Marissa can appreciate this, and I think our audience can appreciate this. We all know both sense of humor, okay? And, and we all know that we sometimes go with jokes and we don't know if our audience understands it. So we had a new editor before the game last year against the Eagles Niners, and we have this weekly meeting, Bo and me, with our editor. And Bo makes a story. He he. I I was going through different storylines for that game, and I mentioned how D'Amico Ryan's is a former <laughs> Eagle, and then Bo's like, "You should write a story about how handsome he is." <laughs> and our editor just doesn't know what to do with this information. <laughs> he's he's looking at me like, uh, "Is is that a story you want to write, Zach?" <laughs> you know, I do you remember this, Bo. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I only remember it because you brought it up. I, don't, I probably okay. wouldn't remember yeah. it otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but you said that before the break and it made me think of it. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is a really good defensive coordinator. Do you, do you deny that he's strikingly handsome? I really don't have a strong opinion on that one way or the other. I, I know. Marissa, what do you be, think? I think he's a very good looking guy. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. And a good coach. And a Great really coach. good person. Just like an awesome Awesome guy. My first year on the beat was D'Amico's first year, 2012. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't really know anyone in the locker room. And he was just such a pleasure to deal with then and those, those uh, three years thereafter. And I, I remember sitting down with him when he was coming back from the injury, talking extensively about that. But uh, – yeah, D'Amico Ryan's, who Jeffrey Lurie said when he retired, was the classiest player during to ever play for the Eagles during his time here. Which is, I of course, a low get... bar because he didn't play for the Giants, right? So it's like the, the, the least classy person who's ever played for the Giants is still classier than the classiest Eagle. <laughs> well, just imagine if he was part of the Giants organization, right. he'd be even classier. Yes. What were we going to say, Marissa? No, I, I was just going to say I think he's going to be a head coach after the – well, I saw that he had what he yeah. he he turned down two interviews yesterday mm -hmm. because he um, wanted to he wanted to prepare for the game. Right, but we haven't had a single head coach hire, so I feel like right people are waiting for whether it's I Sikin, think people are waiting for D'Amico Ryan and Peyton too. I think yeah. it's like Peyton makes his decision and then yeah, and then the 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 dominoes fall after that. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's a good chance that like the Super Bowl is including yeah at least two potential yeah head coaches, but but I. I understand Houston really likes Jonathan Gannon and I think Jonathan Gannon from like a personality and leadership perspective will, will make a, a, a good head coach. I said this last year on the, on this show, I don't think there's ever been more of a slam dunk hire than Houston hiring D'Amico Ryans. It's such, like he's deserving of it. It's the easiest. He, he might be the most popular player in Texans history, either D'Amico or Andre Johnson and well, well, JJ Watt as, as well, but like the, I mean, D'Amico has such Carter. a D'Amico has such a strong reputation in in Houston. Um, I I don't get why why that wouldn't be a, a direction the Texans would go. Or I mean, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think D'Amico can pick his job. I'm not sure that's sure, the one yeah, that he yeah. should pick. Amazing. Although you think that's the that's the top job available? Or the I most? think it's the number two yeah. job available, probably. Okay, but they're all bad jobs. Yeah, I. I wonder who currently holds the title of handsomest NFL coach, head coach in NFL history. Because, I, I mean, D'Amico is coming for that title. Um, I feel like we've done this before. I'm trying to think, like, in all time. I mean, you could, I mean, maybe, maybe you're a Lombardi guy. Uh, you know, Landry had the hat. If you're, if you're talking accessories. Um, I figured you'd be like Rex Arthur Ryan Smith has a case. A who? Arthur Smith. Well, please. Isn't that your doppelganger? <laughs> yeah. Zach's bringing it. <laughs> this is good, Zach, because you know that that's the one thing that does get under my skin. <laughs> it's good. Good for you. We got a long week ahead of us. 
I hate that so much. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. That was a, a reader generated um, submission. If you're in the or, chat, if you're in the live chat, let us know who you think is the handsomest uh, head coach of all time. And well, maybe, maybe we can uh, announce a winner by the end of the week. Um, all right. Some things here about the, uh, the Niners defense. Uh, let's look at how they stack up in terms of the uh, against different receiver types in the passing defense. They were fourth in the league against number one wide receivers, 18th in the league against number twos, 30th against others, 13th against tight ends, and number one against running backs. Um, they have also been a little bit vulnerable on deep passes, uh, 24th in the league um, against deep passes. And so I think there's gonna be one, there's gonna be one shot in this game. Where they have a they have a shot play call for Quez Watkins and he's open deep. Um, oh, just like last year. Okay. Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be one, and if I think it's gonna I think it's gonna make a big difference in the game whether whether Jalen Hurts hits that pass. That's, a, that's one a thing to look prediction. for. They're, I mean, personnel wise, their their corners are probably the weakest part of of their defense. I mean, their their front is really good. First round picks down the front. Uh, Almost entirely. I mean, uh, they have Nick Bosa, Armstead, uh, Kinlaw. Um, so you you have three first rounders there. Uh, Nick Bosa leads the league in sacks this year. Has been other than the year he was hurt, just a terrorizing force. Just uh, his numbers are so much better than everybody in the league. Like yeah, he, in you know the the classic uh, Kapadia pass rush index. You know quarterback hits per pass rush snap. It's not even close. Uh, I think I have it. I can I can pull it up. Uh, if you give me a minute in the power rankings, but um, that is where this game can get wrecked, right? Um, Bosa against, you know, he, he does a little bit on both sides, um, but I, I think you're going to see him more against Lane Johnson and like, whew, well, that's what a, what a test that's going to be for Lane, um, given what he's playing through. Yeah, you're going to see uh, his his health in that game. Uh, he He was on IR when the Eagles played against the Niners in 2020. When the Eagles played against, the Niners last year, Bosa had two sacks. He had a tackle for a loss. Uh, he was outstanding in in that game, two quarterback hits. So he is uh, he's a difference maker. And so is Armstead in the middle of, of that defense. And then you get to the second level where Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in football. We've we've talked about it. We, you know, you're not gonna spend that first round pick, that second round pick on a linebacker. What you're trying to do is you're trying to hit on a Fred Warner type. You need to have the the type of you know scouting and developing that the 49ers did there. Even Drake Greenlaw was a was a really good pick for them in the fifth round, He's 2019. Really um, and then you look at I, I I said their corners are not their strength, but uh, the safety. Huh, am I pronouncing it correctly? Talanoa Hufanga. Yep, Hufanga uh, from from USC playing at a really high level. He's he's drawn comparisons to Troy Palomalu probably because of the hair, right? But um, but he is. And they actually uh, have a history of, with each other yeah, as well. Okay, okay, USC guys, um, and he is he's all over the place. Uh, so unlike the Eagles, Travis Ward is pretty good too. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. But yeah, that was Len a good signing. Lenore can be had. Mm -hmm. And they lost Jason Verrett. Uh, to injury earlier this year. That was a big injury to them. Uh, they have, I believe, Jimmy Ward's playing the slot for them. Uh, but they're not th – their front seven might be the best front seven in, in the NFL, and they're certainly playing like it. Uh, Nick Bosa on 480 regular season pass rush snaps uh, hit the quarterback on 10.1% of those. The next best pass rusher who had at least 200 pass rush snaps was Trey Hendrickson, who was all the way down at 7.1%. Hmm. It's a huge drop-off. Uh, it's like he Bosa has been so good. I feel like the, the Eagles' only chance is to get him distracted with like uh, talk of uh, <laughs> like cat litter in schools or uh, climate change or something like that. Um, but elsewhere on their defense – uh, you, yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we mentioned Fred Warner, but like that game yesterday, he was, he was awesome. The, the play he had downfield with, with CD lamb. That was a great read.
by I mean, that was a nice play design by Kellen Moore. It was a uh, it was the right read by Dak Prescott. You have you have C.D. Lamb in the middle of the field, and Fred Warner just ran him down, made a good play in coverage. Again, that's he's he is he's like the the, the prototype that teams are looking for. Uh, some uh, some thoughts in the chat on handsome head coaches. Uh, some love for uh, Doug Peterson. Some love for Mike Tomlin. I think Tomlin's Tomlin's up there. Uh, uh, Salah. I'm not all the way in on Salah, but I could see it. Um, Bill Bill Cower. I see. Uh, see some Dick Vermeil, Urban Meyer, Al Groh. I know Zach's in on Al Groh. That might be his answer. Um, Al Groh's a nice man. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that I, I have, I have, well, I have one overarching thought here and, uh, two specific thoughts. Um, my overarching thought is that as good as the 49ers defense is, and they are the best in the league, I will always believe that like great offense is going to win over great defense. Um, I think the Eagles are, are going to be able to score points here. Um, how are they going to do that? I think there are, I think there are two, uh, easy paths, not easy paths, but two obvious paths. Um, one is, you know, Niners have the second best run defense in the league. The Eagles have run the ball on the best defenses in the league before. Um, I don't think that it's crazy to think that they can have a productive game running the ball. Even last week, we didn't really see them leaning all the way into the Jalen hurts running the ball part of the offense. Um, I think he had eight runs, but they were. It was not like the foundational part of the running game. They did so much split zone and handing the ball off, and, I, and the Giants were just so bad. But I also think this is the game where the investment in having arguably the best duo of wide receivers in the league is is supposed to matter. Um, <laughs> this is the game where they are going to rely on AJ Brown and Devonte Smith to make big plays, make contested catches. Like this is what, this is what it's all about. And I think that's part of the reason we got to, we got to follow up and see what happened with AJ Brown after the game, why he was upset, get an answer on that. Um, but I think this is like, this is what you went out and got them for is, is this game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned the point about big plays because right. You, you look at probably the worst defensive performance that the Niners had this year. It was against it was against the Chiefs, and you know, no shame there. The Chiefs are awesome. You know, you know, Mahomes was humming that game, but in that game, what did the Chiefs do? They had big plays. You know, Valdez Scantling had 57 yards downfield. Smith Schuster had 45 yards. Kelsey had 27 yards. McKinnon had 34 yards. I mean, McCole Hardman had 18 yards. Uh, in in terms of the longest completion that they had, so you hit it on the head. The Eagles. Talk about explosive plays. This is this is not just a talking point. It's something they measure. It's something they believe. It's something that they really try to generate. I had a conversation uh, two weeks ago with North Turner, who is Shane Steichen's play calling influence. And read that story on the Athletic. Thank you. Yeah, and 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 Norv. One thing Norv said in terms of uh, part of 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 what he's discussed with Shane is knowing when to take shots and being aggressive early in games, taking shots. And the Eagles have done that. The The pass to Devontae Smith on the opening drive last week was a huge part of setting the tempo for that game. Um, so I agree with your assessment, and I think that's going to be critical, is, is that the Eagles, like Jalen Hurts throwing the ball downfield, A.J. Brown's a downfield threat, Devontae Smith's a downfield threat, uh, uh, Quez Watkins is a, is a downfield threat. We haven't seen it as much this year, but Dallas Goddard can threaten teams, you know, down the seam. If you have to have the protection and it's incumbent upon the offensive line, but that is something that I would definitely watch is uh, the Eagles love big plays. They thrive on big plays and they're going to go after big plays in this game. I think that's right. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How do you feel about Jalen Hurts? Just your... your temperature check on on how Jalen Hurts is relative to his full power I'm I, I think he's there I think that there's no limitations against him I thought he made the passes he needed to make I thought he was fine running the ball uh and again he'll be at this point six weeks past the injury so yeah I I don't think the injury I, I imagine it's painful um but I don't think the injury limited him did you think so no, I thought he played a very good game. Um, better than like even, even his stat line indicated. Um, he was so good early, and that was really only yep. when it mattered. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. It's just, this, is, this is exciting stuff, Zach. But but this is, you know, if if you're in the NFC Championship game or you're in the AFC Championship game, if if you're one of the final four, if you're one of the final four teams, you should be playing against the heavyweight, right? You should be playing against one of the top defenses in the yep. NFL or. I mean, the Eagles are fortunate they're not seeing seeing uh, you know one of the top quarterbacks, but they're facing one of the top defense. They're facing the top defense. They're they're facing a a thirteen win team that is hotter than any team in the NFL this year in terms of the win streak that they're on and is like D'Amico level hot <laughs> is experienced is battle tested. Um, they've 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 won big games on the road in the postseason. Uh, I mean, this is a team that's that's gone into New Orleans and won playoff games. This is a team that's gone into um that's that's gone into Seattle. The, the or I'm well they've 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 gone into Dallas and won playoff games. I mean they've they've knocked off some good teams in the postseason and they're gonna they're gonna challenge you. The Eagles are gonna have to earn this one. They're not they're they're not gonna win showing up. They're gonna have to earn this one. A little bit uh, surprising this is only the second playoff matchup between these two teams in franchise Mysteries, kind of a fresh little. Yeah, so I was thinking about that too because I I saw that nugget and it's kind of there there times when they've been up and the times yeah. they've been down haven't have not you know, coincided like, really. Yeah, like they, the Niners were a great team in the '80s and the early '90s, and that that wasn't when the Eagles were humming. The Eagles were a great team in the 2000s. That's not when the Niners were humming. So, yeah, this it's it, it was mildly surprising until I looked at it. Who are you? Who do you think Chip is rooting for? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Dom, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I, I mean, D'Amico, he likes he, he that 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 Niners year that he was there had to be one of the the oddest years for a head coach, right? Uh, I mean. It was everything was uh, there was so much attention on the 49ers because of Colin Kaepernick that year. It was this arrange I don't want to say an, an, an arranged marriage with Trent Baalke, but it was like you know they had just fired Tom Sula and now he comes in. Um, it was a uh, it was just a it was an atypical year. Who do you think Terrell Owens is rooting for? The Eagles. Okay. Yeah, McNabb's not playing anymore. Yeah. Who do you think Bob Lang is rooting for? Eagles, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think Daryl Tapp is rooting for? He's on the is he still on the Niners staff? I think so. Yeah, so I imagine the Niners, yes. Okay. Who do you think Michael Clay is rooting for? The Eagles. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who am I forgetting? For some crossover yeah um 
I would I, I would need to really look at that. Well, uh, T.Y. McGill is on the Niners. T.Y. McGill, that's a good one. He's right. been playing well. Yeah, look, he's on the I keep he's seeing the I keep seeing like things across my timeline every couple of days. Like, look at this T.Y. McGill play. Uh, that, yeah, so. That, that, that Niners defensive line is where like journeyman defensive linemen go to go to pop. Yeah. And, and so, who do you think Jordan Matthews I, is playing for? The Niners? Is he still part of the organization? Is is he on IR there officially? Oh yeah, he didn't he get canceled for something? I, I, don't know. I always I always like Jordan. I gotta tell you that maybe that. Jordan. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Jordan Matthews, Jeff Garcia. I see, I, I'm seeing <laughs> Jeff Garcia in the chat, and Jeff Garcia uh, <laughs> my mind. Jeff Garcia is the one who got canceled. So, uh, so Corey Unland, I, I believe, is is on that Niners. Corey Unland right? is Defensive on the backs coach. Yep. yep, won a Super Bowl in Philly. Hmm. David Akers. Who do you think he's rooting for? Eagles, I imagine. Who do you think uh, Ricky Waters is rooting for? Uh, the Eagles. Okay. I think. Harrisburg guy. Okay. Who do you think Marissa is rooting for? Uh, that's a good question. I, I mean, she's right here. You can ask her. I'm obviously rooting for the Eagles on behalf of our loyal or sickos you know mm -hmm. i want i want them to be happy i want you know pod success so but do you want to go to the super bowl and deal with the hassle of an extra week of daily pods or would you rather have that time off no let's let's do it you know i'm gonna have six months off you mm -hmm. know <laughs> yeah that'll our be show's gonna fall our show's gonna fall apart without you marissa <laughs> yeah i mean it's gonna be a, just an utter disaster not sure who's gonna do the 3 a.m pods but yeah <laughs> yeah We'll make it work. Someone will make it work. It's it's it's, it's gonna be the third hour. I'm gonna be texting you. Can you please call Bo <laughs> right now? And yeah, you're gonna have a baby screaming in the background. Yeah. That's what I just call Bo and put the baby screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, good stuff today. A little little uh, dipping our beaks into this matchup. Well, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a guest. Uh, continuing. To talk about what we've heard we'll hear from nick sirianni this afternoon and coordinators tomorrow before the podcast so maybe that'll give us something to sprinkle in maybe we'll play a game of some sort and maybe we'll uh come up with some more attractive head coaches so first monday without football tonight in a while that's right right we, we're used to that so you have to find different ways to fill your time tonight i could you know use some sleep maybe yeah get some sleep big week ahead probably yeah, watch some tennis game. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, how's the, how's basketball going? Ah, I'm like TCU out there, man. I'm struggling right now. I, I, I gotta I I gotta pick it up, but hopefully tonight. I'm letting down my team right now. So I, I need to improve. Oh, your basketball. Yeah, Zach's on a he's yeah. on a basketball team. Yeah, you you haven't shared that, Zach. Have you had um, any like I talked about interactions on like not on the level of the tennis uh guy that I have, but any uh sort of chippiness on the on the court at all only with myself right mm. like I, I i get like i get really frustrated i i was i couldn't score at all the last game and was was getting frustrated myself and then i apologized to the other guys on the team <laughs> they're like you're taking it a little too seriously <laughs> yeah, like yeah me out a little bit it's a monday night basketball league chill right. zach yes yes <laughs> I, I come home, I'm pissed. Emily's like, you can't play in this league. It pisses you off so much. Right, that's <laughs> yes. literally the point is, yes. is yes. Like to go out and get some exercise and not yeah. let it affect the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, I let it affect me. But uh, yeah, but then, you, but then you turn that you turn that into a great week of writing. So maybe you needed yeah. that little fire. That's the hope. That's the hope. Mm. So then, so then, should it be hope and root that you have another frustrating night tonight. <laughs> And then uh, it fuels you. No, it's not, no, I'm gonna have a good week of writing regardless. I'm I'm confident in that. There we this go. Was, I like that, Zach. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't mean to use these corny expressions, right? I, I, but Chip Kelly used to say, "You don't rise to the occasion; you sink to your training." And I tend to think that, like, um, this time of year, it's not all of a sudden like you start. You know, you. You have to pick it up. It's it's like if you have been doing the work all year, then you're you know what to write this year. You know what the storylines are. You know what the angles are. So yeah, you you almost sink to your training, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. What position do you play on this team? Center. <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean guard, but 
uh, again, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I try to, I just want to be a, a net positive, not a net negative. Right. So I'll, I'll get the ball to the guys who can score. I'll play tough defense. I, I'll try not to turn the ball over and, uh, yeah, try to be a, a net positive to the team. Are you draining any, any threes? <laughs> not enough. Okay. Yeah, but you're willing to pull the trigger from the outside. Ah, well, I'm certainly not very good on the inside. So if I'm going to provide, it has to be on the outside. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do we it. We can have an update yeah. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, Daily Pods gives us an opportunity to get an update. <laughs> Maybe the Stone Cold Newsman tomorrow can update us on the <laughs> outcome of yeah. the I'll be the end of the game. show. That'll okay. be the end of the show. There you go. All right. All right. Tomorrow uh, with the guest. You want to tell who the guest is? Dan McQuaid from Defector is going to join us. We got to work on the uh, timing. So... Before, before we nail that down but that's that's the plan um and then we got more guests the rest of the week so exciting stuff so for zach and marissa and D'Amico, i'm Bo. we thank you for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow and the rest of the week and as always we love you so does zach <laughs>